the ministry, like in our relationship was consistency. Like I cannot tell you how many times I came to mom and said the same thing over and over and over again. Like I was like, I'm still struggling with this. Mom was like, well, stop thinking about that. And I was like, right, if I could, I would. That's not helpful. But I mean, it's my screen. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope found in Jesus. I'm Robin, and I am here with Lindy and Katie, and we are your podcast hosts. And today we are so excited to bring you a story for Mother's Day this Sunday. It is a mother-daughter combo story (laughs) from Katy, Texas. Mm -hmm. We have Jill Harris, who's actually on our team in Katy, and her daughter Ansley. I know, you know, one of the things that we love hearing is just the viewpoints from a mother-daughter perspective, which you're going to get that in their story. But Jill is going to actually talk to you some about a big move that took place. She was close to her nuclear family and then moved far off. And she talks about trusting the Lord with that, but then transitions that into trusting the Lord when she had to launch her oldest daughter off to college that was pretty far away. So we get that story, but then we also get Ansley, her daughter's story, who talks about struggling in college with anxiety, struggling with her faith and what that looked like. And then it kind of ties all together, like how Jill, her mother, navigated that and what it looked like as they walked through that together and what it looks like for them now. And before Jill and Ansley, we do want to remind you that summer's coming. And please go to our website right now, storytellerslive.org, and hit the subscribe button at the top and sign up for our newsletter. We only send one email a week, and it is announcing our podcast episode. Katie always does such a great job writing what you will learn from each episode. And then we can also, you can also get information about other things going on in our ministry. So there's a link in our show notes or go to our website today and subscribe. Here's Jill and Ansley. God honors the baby steps. So that's what I'm doing. Baby stepping with my girl because she's better at this than I am. Keep me honest. I will. And I got asked to be here just for support. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do you actually want me to say anything or just hold your hand? <laughs> so I have been married for 30 years to Steve. Best friend. Great guy. <laughs> Gone back to work now after being home with me for some time. So that's, that's nice. We're glad to have him back at work. I have three children. Um, Ansley's the oldest and um, the favorite. The favorite. Self proclaimed favorite. She is our little mama. She is the typical firstborn, takes care of brothers and sister, and, or no, just one sister. Brother, sister. One sister, one brother. Um, Checks on the puppies. She's the typical firstborn. Then I have Logan, who is my second daughter. She, um, oh, Ansley got married. So we've had a big year. This is this is a big year. Um, so Ansley got married. We planned that wedding. We don't ever want to do it again, do we? Never. No. It was, it was great and fabulous, but we don't ever want to do that again. And then there's Logan, second daughter. She's at Auburn. Um, she will graduate in three weeks. And so that's another big life event. And then we have Blake, still home. He's at Tompkins. He will graduate at the end of May. Big year. Big year. Big year. And I don't know why I'm sitting here still. I'm like, <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> too much. <laughs> so that's kind of a little bit about us and me. So I'm going to kind of talk about how we got to Texas because we're originally from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Grew up. I grew up there. My siblings are there. I'm um, the third of four. We all went to Auburn. You in Alabama, a little bit different from here 
you declare your allegiance at birth. Mm-hmm. You you either you're either going to go Alabama or you're going to go Auburn. So we were raised and bred Auburn. Brainwashed. Auburn. Yes, brainwashed Auburn. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> so I grew up in a really um, close knit family. I have an older sister, an older brother that uh, my sister's ten years older. My brother is seven years older. I just kind of followed them. Oh, and my younger sister. Jackie, two years younger. So we kind of had two sets, and they kind of paved the way for us. I, I'm not an inquisitive, I don't have an inquisitive mind by nature. I'm just kind of, okay, that, that feels good. That, se- that seems right. I'll do that. So, um, so my older brother and sister, they um, followed Jesus. We were seasonal churchgoers. My, my parents taught us about Jesus, but we weren't in church every Sunday. We were um, there sometimes, sometimes not. We were VBS. I um, accepted Christ at VBS when I was about eight years old. But from there, I just kind of watched my brother and sister. I watched their walk with the Lord. They would have little Bible studies with me and my little sister. And um, that's just, that's kind of how we came to know the Lord. My father grew up in a very, in a broken home. His vision for our family was to be tight, close. It was just understood that we would live close to one another, far enough to stay in our own business, (laughs) but close enough to get back to all the family gatherings and and be a unit of families. So that's what my brother and sister did. They went to Auburn, they graduated, they came back, they got married, they had families. And so I was like, well, okay, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. So that's what I did. I went to Auburn. I found Steve. Okay. <laughs> um, Don't ask who asked on the first date. No, we're say, that's okay. a whole other story. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but we ended up together, um, started having children, and that's, that's what we were doing. So, so we followed that blueprint. We didn't leave. Life was moving along. Kids were growing up. And um, the year that I finally experienced some freedom, um, Ansley was in eighth grade, Logan was in four, and Blake had gone to kindergarten. And I was like, I have arrived. (laughs) I have some time to myself. I can go do what I want to do. And um, that was the year that the Lord decided he was going to shake things up a little bit. And I would say that we thought at the time that it had came out of the blue, like it came out of nowhere. But um, now that I've had 12 years to look back on it, really didn't come out of the blue at all. One of the funny things that we've reflected on over the years is when Steve and I got married, the guy I worked for, the company I worked for, they gave us a baby shower. Not a baby shower. Lord have mercy. Uh, uh, A wedding shower. And it was Christmas themed. And so they gave us ornaments and a Christmas tree. One of the ornaments my boss gave me was a red wooden Texas ornament. And we were like, what is this? What, what is this? And we just thought it was funny. And we're like, okay. And so every year we hung it on the tree. I don't know. So little, <laughs> little did we know that that was like, yep, you're, you're going to be headed there. Houston had come up. A couple of times with Steve, he would come home and say, yeah, the company has mentioned Houston. And I'm like, 
no, no. And that's all it would take was, and he's like, yeah, I don't like Houston either. We're not going there. So that happened a couple of times and it never really even made it beyond an eye roll and a, yeah, you're crazy. We're not moving. But then the third time the kids were at school, Steve called me for lunch, met him, told me to meet him at Panera. And I was like, well, this is fun. This this is what you get to do. Yeah. You you get to meet for lunch. But as I was driving, my stomach was starting to like, like, what's going on? So get to Panera, order my salad, take a bite. And it's, he goes, "Uh, Jill, that I'll never forget this day. Jill, my boss has asked me about Houston again. And it, it feels different this time. And that salad hung right there. <laughs> it didn't come up. It didn't go down. <laughs> but I just knew, I just knew in my gut, oh my gosh, it's different this time. It felt different instantly. Tears welled up and I was like, okay, okay, we're going to move to Texas. I'm like, that's like, the Beverly Hillbillies. That's what we're, we're going to load up and we're going to move to Texas. I know where Texas is, but that's all I knew. And people really didn't move from Birmingham, like, or at yeah. least where we lived. Like, yeah. it was like our mom and dad have been like, it, it was our Africa. Like, that just oh. wasn't Yeah, yeah, it was not normal. And and we kept telling, I kept telling myself, I wouldn't let it, myself say it out loud, but I was like, we are going to be one of those people that they move away and then they come right back the next year, that's going to be us. So we're just, I'm just going to humor everybody and I'm going to be obedient because another story for another time, I had been in disobedience before. And so even though I feared Texas, I feared more being disobedient to the Lord. So I was like, okay, we, we are going to move and we're going to, we're going to do the best we do. Mind you, they sat us down, and this is when the economy was tanking back in 2009, and Dad called for a family meeting. I was like, okay, like, Dad lost his job. This is not what we want, but it's going to be okay. I was literally in my brother's room reading Copper Sun. I don't know why I remember that. And And Dad told us we were moving, and I literally was like, "Ah, I thought you were losing your job. I'm proud of you raining outside and like all the movie moments I had dreamed of as a kid it like happened and it was I mean I ran outside it was drama it was drama it was drama (laughs) there was big drama and I mean there was drama because the other two were in elementary school and so we were like yeah they were like okay (laughs) but this one and in all fairness I mean she was in eighth grade so she would be starting high school in Texas so it was shocking. It was shocking all the way around. I just, so of course, what do you do when something shocking happens? I'm like, I'm getting in the word. I'm like, Lord, help me. I don't know what you're doing here. So I, I went back when I was preparing for this and I looked back at the verses and it, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord, your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid, for I'm with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. And I took that quite literally. <laughs> I was like, well, we are east. We are going west. So, okay, Lord. Okay, I know you have that for me. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. 
So I was clinging to these verses. I went on autopilot as a mom. Um, I was like, I've just got to make it all okay for the kids. I had my own fears, but but like I said, I'm not, <laughs> not inquisitive by nature. You would think that when you're moving, there was just so much stuff to be done. I never, I didn't know, um, I didn't know there were palm trees in Houston. Like when we landed, started looking around, I was like, why are there palm trees? <laughs> um, I didn't know that we were 90 minutes from a beach. I was like, cool, we're 90 <laughs> minutes from a beach. I didn't know any of that Not stuff. Not Orange Beach, though. We quickly yeah. learned. Yeah. Like, yeah, the sand is dirt. And yeah. <laughs> Doesn't look the same, but nevertheless, there's an ocean out there. Um, so we, Steve and I came out and visited he kind of had an idea. He was like, well, the people who work out there say go to the woodlands, go to Sugarland." And so I was like, Lord, you are just going to have to direct us. You know I'm not the brightest, um, so you are going to have to speak to me in a language I understand. So we saw an Auburn tag on a car. I was like, look, follow, follow that, follow that car. If there was a realtor, there was a realtor actually with the, his name was Dan and my brother-in-law's name is Dan. So I was like, I'm listening, Dan. Where do you think we should go? So he was like, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling like Sugarland is probably the place for y'all. Why don't y'all check out Katie? So it's like, okay, let's, let's drive to Katie. So we drove to Katie. We end up um, at La Terra. And I'm looking at what um, well, I like to shop. I like to shop. <laughs> this looks good. I like coffee. We um, sat down in Mission Burrito. The, there were mamas with strollers. There were kid, high school kids coming over. I was like, okay, okay, maybe, maybe Katie, maybe this is the place for us. So we head over to Cinco Ranch and we're high school and we're looking in the windows and I'm like, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> These colors are red and white, and we don't have red and white in our nothing. nothing. We don't wear red and white. No. This will not do. No so, tooth, no nothing. Yeah, yeah. Keep looking, keep looking. So then, what do you know? We land over at Seven Lakes, and there's that orange and blue. And so I was like, I hear you, Lord. I hear you. So, um, so we told our realtor, okay, well, we would like to go to Seven Lakes. <laughs> so if you could find us a house that goes to Seven little did we know, little did we know, humor, God's humor, how often they rezone around here. So although Ansley did make it through four years of Seven Lakes High School, then, then we got rezoned to Tompkins. Guess what? Crimson. <laughs> Crimson and blue and gray. I'm like, really? But to this day, no crimson in our house. We will wear blue, we will wear gray, but we will not <laughs> wear crimson. So, um, so, and so we jumped in. We jumped in. We bought the Bucky's pajamas. We bought the Bucky's t-shirts. We didn't know why we were buying them. We didn't even know what the animal was, did we? Mm -hmm. No, nope. we didn't. All my friends had the pajama pants. Yeah. <laughs> so we were we were trying. We we painted the overalls. We bought the mom. Still thinking. Temporary. Yeah, temporary. This is not this is not where we would stay. Not because we weren't happy, but no, we were, we were happy. happy. <laughs> we were happy. It was so far from home. But the Lord, He's just all He's been faithful. He's been faithful. He's kept his hand on us. He's um I remember being so afraid of 
Like when I left my parents, they were, I think, in their 70s. And just thinking, oh my gosh, this is so far away. Like how, how I can count on two hands how many more times I'm going to see them possibly in their lives. Honestly, our relationships have grown mm-hmm. so much being when we go back home, we're intentional. It's not, um, I have sleepovers with my mom now that never would have happened. Um, the relationships have just bloomed and we had to grow tighter as a family because We only had each other out here. So our family unit has just been blessed um, by the move. And Ansley survived high school. She um, hardly hardly survived. (laughs) She, um, of course, uh, Auburn was the only place she applied. So um, she was headed back to Auburn. That was, that's another, that was a killer because I didn't think about that. When we were moving out here, I was just thinking survival. I hadn't thought about the brainwashing we had done to send her back to Alabama. So even though our family was there, it was hard because I had to, again, I had to depend on the Lord to put, I couldn't go back every weekend. It wasn't a two hour drive. Other moms had to take her under their wings sometimes for events and, um, you know, she left here, you know, screeching out of the driveway. I'm not coming back to Texas. I, I won't do it. Didn't um, want to be here in the yeah, first place. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> want to be here. I'm going home. I'm never coming back. And um, so that was like, okay, all right, Lord, it, you know, wherever you want her. I don't know. I still don't know. But um, yeah, so college is really for me where I feel like my story began. Houston was kind of what I would say in high school, like this is this is my story. This is what the Lord has used when in all reality, it was just my parents are saying they trust the Lord and that he's calling us to move. And I really don't have a choice because I'm in the car and we're driving and I don't have my license yet, so I can't stay. Um, I remember that whole car being like, this is the worst. Um, we got out here and I kind of carried from Birmingham to, I think my accent is coming out the more yeah. you talk. Sorry. Um, I... In Birmingham, kind of was church girl, went to church all the time. Dad was always up there. Mom was always up there. Mom was working there. And um, my identity kind of became this church girl, do it all right, have all the answers, let me help you. Decided I wanted to go into full-time ministry at a really young age. And um, when we moved out to Houston, that kind of continued. I got plugged in at our church here and um, just took on that role. Like, I'm going to be leader, whatever you need. I got it. Some of it was older sisters. Some of it was just genuinely thinking I had it all figured out because I'd grown up in the church, had all the answers. And um, some people get to college and they go wild and they ask all the questions and that's kind of their time to, to figure it out. For me, um, that role that I had taken on just kind of amplified. Um, I got there, got put into a church, started a ministry. And again, thought I was doing all the right things, but there was all this underlying stuff that was slowly kind of coming to the surface in college. And I didn't realize it then, but I can look back and see it now, just even phone calls with mom of just being like, man, I was so anxious and just overthinking everything to, to an extreme. And so anyway, I, I got to senior year and had worked at a summer camp and um, that summer was really hard and just kind of initiated this work that the Lord was about to start doing in my heart. And I got back to Auburn and just was not okay. And I was dating a guy long distance from camp that was in Texas and I just remember that summer kind of sent me into these doubts that had been underlying all throughout high school of like, is God real? 
am I saved? How do I know that I'm saved? How do I, I'm the opposite of mom. I'm very analytical. I will come to her with questions and she's like, I've just never thought about that. The Bible says that. And so that is true. And I'm like, like what is your problem? I know. Finally, you had to have to come to Jesus where I was like, so you can't answer like that anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I had all these questions that finally I, I kind of hit this breaking point where I was like, I can't keep moving forward, leading all these ministries and, and, having this reputation that has honestly become this idol for me um, when I have all these questions. And it was making my stomach tight. I mean, I was just like in physical pain. I just was like, I was embarrassed that I had all those questions. And I remember admitting it to my friend and just walking, going on walks all the time senior year, just trying to wrestle through what's next. I didn't know what was next. Everyone was like, this is so exciting. What are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I did communications and I regret it because it's so broad that I think I'm going into full-time ministry, but I don't know if God's real, so how does that work? <laughs> um, that has just been my answer all through college. And um, also, too, I have formed these awesome friendships in college, and you're, you're all of a sudden, like, you're, I remember telling my friends in college, I was like, you'll have no idea what this means, but we've all been on I-10, and now all of a sudden, you're going to Houston Tollway because you're getting married, and you're going 610 North because you're moving to Birmingham, and, like, we've been on the same track, on the same roads, and... Now we're all going different lanes and I don't know what to do. Um, and I remember saying yes to an internship um, with my home church. But mind you, I had made that vow that I was like, I will not go back to Houston. And I will not follow a boy. And the boy was in Texas. And so I was like, well, I'll just intern this summer, then I'll move to Nashville. And start my life. We'll figure out if we want to keep dating. So all that going on senior year, kind of the underlying, I was dealing with intrusive thoughts too, which I, I didn't have a name for that then. Um, but just having all these scary, intense, like abnormal thoughts that I would obsess mm-hmm. over. Um, and I didn't know how to vocalize them because I was like, this sounds crazy. And I feel like because I'm having these thoughts, they're true of me. What really happened, um, like when, when really everything kind of came to a head, mm-hmm. um, I was at a ministry retreat in Nashville and I was helping with it. Um, again, low key questioning if God was real. But I was like, hey, all welcome. Let's worship together. <laughs> and um, that was all I knew what to do. I mean, I was like, want to believe that God is real and I want to believe that I'm going to wrestle through these questions and I'm just going to be faithful and, and keep going and I remember at that retreat um, a girl my age got up on stage and was like I'm so grateful for this ministry throughout this ministry I realized that some things had happened in my childhood that I had forgotten and I've been able to walk through it with girlfriends and it's been awesome and I remember in that moment being like I'm forgetting something like someone has hurt me or I have hurt someone and I don't know what it is and I just remember obsessing over those thoughts and, and not wanting to share that because I was like, this is cr-. like, I've hit an all time crazy. My, my childhood has been awesome. Like there's no, and I was distorting all these memories, just trying to remember like what would have happened. And I also remember at that delight retreat before I had that moment, I remember one of the girls leading us in a time of prayer and her being like, I want you to just sit and think about one of your favorite places. So I thought of a couch and um, <laughs> it was a couch I sat on the night before. I was like, that was comfy. And they were like, I want you to imagine that Jesus is sitting next to you and just talk to him. Um, and I was honestly so worn out from senior year and all this underlying junk that I was dealing with kind of on my own that I remember sitting there being like, I don't know what to pray. And just feeling like the Lord, like one of those moments where I was like, the Lord's presence is here and he is holding me. And I just like, he was reminding me that he loved me. And, um, 
I, I looked back on that like a year later. I completely forgotten about it after I'd walked through all of this and just remember the Lord being like, that. I had you. Like I, before it started, I told you I had you and I told you I loved you and, and I have you. Um, and so that kind of kick-started really just this demolition of like, if I'm a house, um, so I'm an interior designer, so we're going to run with that. <laughs> uh, if I'm a house, it wasn't like we're redoing like paint colors. And I mean, we were, demolition began. And two weeks before graduation, um, and I, I'm just trying to get to the like, finish line. yeah, finish line. I don't want to get to the finish line mm-hmm. because I'm like, I don't know what's coming after this, but mm-hmm. I want to get to the finish line because I can't keep living like this. And two weeks before graduation, I had a close family friend um, ask if he could come down. And he sat down with me and was like, um, there are some things that I did to you when you were asleep, when you were younger, um, that you don't remember. You might remember, but I just need to apologize. And it rocked my world because one, I was like, what else am I forgetting? And it was this answer to, to honestly what the Lord had prepared my heart to hear at that retreat. But didn't know what to do with it and so I remember calling mom and just sobbing and I wasn't going to tell her because I was like I don't want to ruin graduation for her I'm like it's my graduation <laughs> um graduation was awful I mean if you look back at pictures yeah. it, it is just we try to forget that day because yeah. I was just like <laughs> <laughs> um and I remember moving back and and my world had just crumbled at that point any any part of me that could be together that wanted to help other people and be like hey I don't struggle but like let me help you with your struggle because I got it figured out. Um, that was all completely gone. I was doing an internship that was super lonely, um, that I didn't really love. I was back in Houston, which felt like failure. Um, the guy and I broke up when I got back to Houston. So I was like, why am I here? <laughs> um, but it, it was honestly this really cool time of the Lord stripping every single idol or thing that I had ever held on to, whether that be friends. Like I'd always run to the fun and to friends to kind of not deal with things and I mean, you name it, it was, it kind of felt like it was all taken and it was me at their house. My poor mom, bless her. I walked in one day and I said, like, I should just tell you everything. And, um, I started going to counseling and I, I walked into my counselor's office and I was like, let me just tell you everything. I only want four visits. Dad has offered to pay for four visits. Um, <laughs> we gotta fix it. We, we gotta, gotta fix it. Fast. We gotta fix it fast. <laughs> and, um, I really thought that that's what was going to happen. And um, it just was not. It was it, The Lord just started this work on me through counseling and through being at home. And it was him kind of getting me alone. Um, and it was honestly the first layer. Like, I really thought once I deal with this, I'll be good. Because at that point, intrusive thoughts were raging. I just was not okay. We now know that that is OCD. It has been diagnosed, which has been great. But... Um, it has been just a process. And I remember reading, opening my Bible, reading John 4, and it was like the first time that I needed Jesus and I needed the Bible so bad that it like came to life. Like I remember reading, it, it's Jesus at the well when he meets um, the woman and he like goes to her, he gets her alone, which is what he was doing to me, like with me. And he so lovingly is like, hey, here are some wounds that you have that we need to talk about and we need to address. And so just began this journey of a year of counseling, processing, crying to my mom. Mom and I went on so many bike rides and so many walks. <laughs> and mom was like, I love this. And I was like, I'm in hell. Like, <laughs> I love going on bike rides with you too, but <laughs> I'm dying over here. Um, and so we, we got to walk through that together. And, and in that, our like, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're like throwing me under the bus. No, 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 no. 
her and I prayed with her. Yes, yes. No, and the bike rides were so healing for me because I would literally just, I mean, I was planning this and I was like, the the ministry, like in our relationship was consistency. Like I cannot tell you how many times I came to mom and said the same thing over and over and over again. Like I was like, I'm still struggling with this. Mom was like, well, stop thinking about that. And I was like, Right, if I could, I would. That's not helpful. But I mean, it's my screen. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, year of that, and um, honestly, the Lord did a lot of work. But once I had dealt with that, it was like the Lord was like, okay, let's go a little bit deeper. We still haven't really addressed the doubting, and we haven't really addressed all of your questions about me. And so I was finally doing okay enough to kind of wrestle. And I remember mom being like, we're on the up and up. This is great. And I called her after some meeting and was having like a mini panic attack. I was like, I'm not saved. I'm not going to heaven. I don't know if God's real. She's like, okay, maybe come home. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so um, I came home and, and we talked about it. And it was so cool because it it's just awesome to see the roadmap that the Lord had laid out for that. Because at that point, that was like a couple months before COVID. Um, and I, I did a Bible study with some girlfriends. And it was one of those Bible studies where I was like, I have nothing to offer. I'm not leaving it. I'm not working in full-time ministry anymore. Like I just get to be honest with the Lord. What I realized was I was like, I'm, I'm mad at the Lord. And, and there is this um, spirit of rejection that I have believed that the Lord has forgotten me and that he allowed me to go through this. And yes, he walked with me through this, but I, I have tried so hard to do all the right things. And why do I still question if God's real? Why hasn't he just confirmed that for me? Why hasn't he confirmed that I'm going to heaven? And um, it was such a false view of, of who God is and, and what the gospel is and what the cross is. But it began this kind of second demolition of like, okay, we, we covered that room. Now we're moving on to this room. And COVID was awesome for me. Um, awful, <laughs> but also awesome because there was no church wasn't happening. All of these things that I had checked off the box for so long, it like wasn't an option to do those things anymore. And so it was so cool because it was like, man, this is just me and the Lord. And um, our time as a family, like I just remember asking my dad question after question after question. And um, <laughs> mom would be like, gosh, you're Because <laughs> I was like, I don't understand why this is happening in the Bible. Or I don't understand how God is good if this is the case. And I just started, I mean, searching for myself. Like I remember looking at like Buddhism and, and Hinduism and being like, maybe I mean, if, if Buddhism is right, I'm going to be a Buddhist monk. And, and the more I dug, the more I not only found that man, Christianity is backed up, like the Lord really has given us proof that he is who he says he is and that the Bible is true, but also the more I encountered his presence, it was like the Lord had to get me off of my pedestal that I put myself on, um, had to strip all these things that I had clung to that were good things that ultimately were idols in my life that I kind of used to shield me from all these questions and doubts. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, to get to this place where I was like, I, I need you and I need you so desperately that I, ha- I have nowhere else to go. And I want to keep digging until I find you. And the Lord made himself known. And, um, we went on a beach trip that summer and that was like the most healing trip for me. It was just our family. And, um, there were just so many things throughout that season. Uh, I read a book. I don't know if I've ever heard of Pine Speed on High Places. Um, it was a game changer for me. And so that book along with other books and just time, like the morning time was my, truly my daily bread. Like it was, and not in this like overly spiritual way, but in like, I, I need this to get through today. And so 
it has honestly been a work when I was running this past my husband. He's like, make sure that they know that like you still struggle with some of this. And I was like, okay. Uh, but, but it's, and it's true, like, especially so much of the, this journey has been years of processing and years of asking questions and years of going deep into like, man, where, what is at the root of this? And what is the freedom that the Lord has for me to experience? Um, and when we were talking about this, I remembered the C.S. Lewis quote that um, when I heard it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what the Lord is doing and it doesn't feel good and it's not pretty, um, but I'll end with it because I feel like it's such a summary of what the Lord's done. Um, he says, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that these jobs needed doing and so you were not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably. <laughs> I said I was going to practice that word. That's a big word. <laughs> I know. It does not seem to make sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting on extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were the you thought you were being made into a decent cottage, but he is building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. So to wrap up our story, this is. This is how I handled this as a mom. Yeah. I think when she came back from Auburn, I had this, I had to kind of recalibrate because when she came back, it was, okay, rule, rules are again in place. And and that's not what she needed at that point. She came back um, burdened. Just not myself. Yeah, yeah. Not herself. And um, she needed a friend. It just, we just kind of fell into that place of, um, I was still her mom, but more importantly, I was her friend. I wanted, I was there to listen Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And I'm not sure where our personalities are similar, but the way our minds are so different. Um, but that's what I needed. I didn't need someone to feed into all these fears and these intrusive thoughts. I needed someone to be like, that's not who you are. And that's not true. And I've, I've watched you your whole life and that's, yeah. And I'm like, you know, I just couldn't comprehend mad at the Lord. Like I was what? <laughs> like, he's given you breath. Like he's given what? So, um, but we wrestled together, I would say. And then, um, I had to just slowly, then as she got better, she took off again and that was another transition because then I had to like, okay, we're, we're, we're buddies, we're friends, but you're going where? And I'm like, and you, you can't follow my location. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, of course I can. You are a single woman and you are, and I'd look at that Houston and I don't know Houston. I don't leave Katie often and she'd be in some, Finally, yeah, she very sweetly said, Mom, it's time. <laughs> so I quit I clicked it. I unfollowed her. And actually it was a good thing. It was it was good. It was yeah. needed because I was like, Lord, she's yours. She mm-hmm. I can't protect her. I can't. Mom make and Dad also I feel like they did a really good job in launching before before all that happened and setting expectations. So like senior year. It was very clear, like, you can live at home, but it's going to be short term. And if you live at home, you're going to make your money. You're going to, you're going to, like, come back. 
Yes. Come back, but then you're not going to stay you're spreading, back. Yeah. 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 You're gonna, Which I wanted to. It felt like failure to me to come back. So I was like, yeah. I, I'm trying to spend my wings. They just won't. <laughs> they won't fly. <laughs> They're not working. Um, and I remember Steve like, okay, Ansley, we're going to start weaning you off our budget now. And he had the spreadsheet set, and I, I, I'm like, I want no part of that because I can't even manage Mom my made own her way self. Back to her bedroom. And, but I'm like walking past him, see, Auntie's just crying, <laughs> just, just <laughs> sitting. And seeing all, I'm like, I didn't know you were crying. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't know my cell phone cost money. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad, and it was shocking. And we thought it was like, it was shocking to us that it was shocking to her. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> <That was sad. laughs> Thought thought we went through this, but yeah. so um, and then the wedding was just uh, it was a treat. The wedding, it really point, was. There had been so much healing that had taken place, and Ryan, my husband, has been such a huge part of that. Like he he just walked with us through mm-hmm. or with me through getting diagnosed with OCD and getting on medication, and just like the latter part of that healing. And so the wedding at that point was just fun. I don't recommend getting married in four months and yeah, renovating a house and joining a new church. Yeah. But uh, we made it and now we're married. I mean, they're still launching to go. We're st- you know, with the two different kind of storylines going on there, there are so many things that we could really discuss and dig in on. One of the things that spoke to me is just because I am a mom of children that are older is this idea of trusting God when you launch them, when you let them go off to college and, and you know, knowing that God can go with them. And, you know, I think for Jill in particular, with Ansley struggling with her faith, I mean, how she walked through that, I thought was so gracious and that she allowed Ansley to question. And, you know, even though Jill had a different standpoint where she was like, well, you just believe because that's what the Bible says, <laughs> you know, but Ansley's like, but I want to know why I believe. And I love how Jill and her husband, Steve, just allowed Ansley to question. Question, but they also supported her along the way. And I, I liked how Jill explained how their relationship changed in those moments mm-hmm. that she became mm-hmm. more of, she needed a friend, you mm-hmm. know, in that time, not a mom. Yeah. Yeah. It was and just I, so good. You definitely moved through those different roles. Yes. You know, we mm-hmm. go from cop yes. to coach to companion. Right. And um, I, that was definitely evident in their relationship. And then also how sweet the Lord was to prepare Jill through the move. Yes. yes. And test her faith and grow her faith and expand her faith so that then she could trust him even deeper yeah. in, in sending Ansley. I found, you know, I agree with that. I found myself thinking as she learned how to move away from her mm-hmm. family, yeah. that was a real setup yeah. to, because I, I live here, my parents live around the corner, my <laughs> sister and brother in law live around the corner, and nobody, you know, I, I did live in Nashville for a little while back in the day, but we're all here raising But you knew our kids. you were coming back, right? <laughs> well, well, funny enough, we didn't for a while, but now that we've been here 16 years, we feel like we're set. <laughs> right. But I, I found myself going, I get that. Mm-hmm. And because my kids haven't left yet, I found myself going, oh, I could see where that's really hard. Mm-hmm. As we're talking about very early stages of our oldest going to college, areas where I still want to control or I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not ready for you to go so far away or or or, or leave it all. Right. Um, I feel like I just, as I listened, I learned a lot about letting go and letting them wrestle with what God brings their way. And just bringing up the move again, just recognizing that God shows up 
when you take a risk. She was taking this risk and how he showed up in those small little ways when she was even just looking for a house of kind of giving her answers of, you know, where she should go and where she should live. And like you said, Robin, I love how he prepared her during that time to be able to let Ansley go and to let her wrestle with her faith. And I love that Ansley's faith is so much stronger now as a result. And her identity. Yeah. Because, you know, I think a lot of college kids these days, especially here in the South, they can relate to, I'm going to be the good church girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's going to be my identity. And and I think it's Mm -hmm. very healthy, this is my personal opinion, to go through that that questioning time. Mm -hmm. God's not afraid of our questions. Right. And so I think that that's part of maturing and growing oh, up. I, I mean, like I know for me mm-hmm. in particular in my faith walk in my 20s, that's yeah, all I did. About that. I, I just I questioned. I was like, are you real? I mean, I don't understand. You've got to show up. You've got to do this. And and I'm telling you, I think he honestly loves our questioning <laughs> because it's when he can, you know, really draw us in mm-hmm. to dig deeper so that we can explain our faith to someone else more clearly as well. We even know why we believe what we believe. And, yeah. I, you know, Ansley mm-hmm. said at the end, this isn't over. I still struggle a little bit. I still have questions and kind of think it's that way till heaven. You know, here I am at 44 finding new questions that I didn't have at 25, 26, Mm -hmm. um, simply by what life brings. And so I really appreciate her being so vulnerable and so honest and Jill really giving us insight in how they have parented through those situations. And so thanks for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and that you found hope if you have a child that has struggled or if you yourself have struggled, that we hope that this brings you some hope and that Jesus has answered some questions for you today. So have a great week and we will talk to you next week. Bye.